Hey everyone, Sean here with the GBS Podcast, coming at you with some big news. GBS is now available at a new home, anchor.fm slash Doctor Who. That's right, that's anchor.fm slash Doctor Who. Brand new home for us. This allows y'all to interact with the show more than you've ever been able to do in the past. You can leave voice messages for us that we could potentially play on the podcast episode. You can also donate to the show this time. That's right, you can donate. Help us make this show even better for you in the future. Though it's free for y'all to listen to, it is not free for us to make. Though we enjoy making it, so anything you do will help us. We are still available on all your other streaming platforms as well. Just remember, we have a new home. Go check it out, anchor.fm slash Doctor Who. And let's get started with this week's episode. So, all of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will, where do you want to start? Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. It's your host, Jace. And Sean. And we are coming at you with our review of episode 7 of series 11, 7-11. It's... Kablam! Kablam! Kablammy! Onomatopoeia! <laughs> Sorry. I, really, I just really wanted to say Kablam. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have anything more that time. Yeah. Before we get into all that, we are sitting here recording. It is Turkey Day here in the United States, or, or Thanksgiving, as they know. It's, that's where we're recording. We National took, Turkey Genocide Day. Yeah, we took <laughs> we took time out of our uh, family time, I guess, as you could say, to sit down and talk about Doctor Who. Another cool thing that's going on that we're so hyped for is tomorrow is when we leave for Chicago TARDIS! Woo! So it's the second year in a row we go to Chicago TARDIS. We are taking the trek for eight hours from somewhere in Tennessee all the way up there. To to somewhere in Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) Right there in Lombard, Illinois. One of the sad things we found out, literally, I think it was was this morning. Yeah, no, might have been this morning. I can't remember if it was this morning or if it was yesterday. I think it was this morning, actually. The the featured guest for the convention was Jenna Coleman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Clara Oswald, and she canceled, unfortunately. This is the second time it's you happened know, yeah, to you. I was going to say, me personally, I every convention that she's ever supposedly been at or supposed to have been to, they had like all these packages for her. She's canceled last second. Last one was uh, Wizard World New Orleans that mm-hmm. I went to last year. Right. And then this one this year. And I did not, not tell you that I was like, I would not be surprised if she canceled. Yeah, you did say those exact words to me. I, I mean, I get it on one hand. Like, it is obviously sad. As... Yeah, but she does have acting gigs and she has things that she has going on. It's probably more important than going to a Doctor Who convention in Lombard, Illinois. Well, not only more important, probably more lucrative yeah, as well. I exactly. mean, I'm, I'm sure she's making a ton more money. But they got two 
pretty awesome that, people to replace her right. in such a short time. Literally less than 24 hours. Yeah, it, I would less than 12 hours. Yeah. Like, it was insane. So they were... I, I mean, I don't know anyone who works for the convention itself personally. Yeah. Uh, at least I don't think so. And... I'm sure they were in all hands on deck. Trying to get mode. somebody. I mean, they still had Pro Mackie, but, I mean, they were trying to get other people because they didn't have any doctors this year. Yeah, no so doctors. They, were, they did have a couple. They had, I forgot his name. Uh, I just said it too. It was like Mullen. I think he he did like the silence and uh, one of the other guys well, like Paulie's area. Okay, they technically do have a doctor. Technically. Fraser Hines. Yeah. You know, he does the voice acting for Big mm. Finish for the second Doctor. You know, he was the companion, Jamie, back yeah, in the yeah. day. So, yeah, I, guess, I mean, it's technically, but, I mean, we're, we're grasping but not, straws but no in one a way. Who has, yeah, no one who has <laughs> played the Doctor on screen on television. Yeah. Anyway, as you were saying, they were able to scrounge two guests together, and it's Ingrid Oliver and Katrin Stewart who play Jenny. Jenny, yeah. Not Jenny... Not Jenny, the doctor, the daughter, doctor's daughter, Jenny. But you know, Stra the the spinoff we wish we ne we never had that we wanted right, so bad right. with Strax, Madame Vastra, and Jenny. Right, and then Osgood. So they were able to get two guests to replace one. Yeah, just like that quick too. Like it was actually pretty freaking fast turnover for that. Right. So our excitement was renewed. We're obviously still really hyped to go. Meet, meeting uh, new people, meeting some old friends. Old friends. Uh, I think we have a, a, a 60s party to go to, which I don't have anything 60s. I was trying to find some of like, the glasses, like the hippie glasses and the pants, but I couldn't right. find any fast See, enough. but you dress as Peter Capaldi so well that no one cares. Like, any, <laughs> anything you go to there... Fits the time period. Right, they don't care. <laughs> Whatever the time period is. And here's the other thing, and we talked about this last week on the show... They did it again this week. They're they're promoting the show on their Facebook page, and it seems like every post, you're in it. And it wasn't like you were, because I was with you the whole time. It wasn't like you were like very specifically going out of your way to get part People of just these shots stopped to get photos. Yeah, I mean, you got a bunch of fan pictures. Was I'm just talking about like the event staff taking pictures because it's all event staff yeah. pictures. And no, it's just that they were like, wow, that guys. I mean, I, I, you have it on your wall. What is it, Judge's Choice for Characterization? Right, he got... We talked about this last year, you got that... I, I forced you... You did. You and uh, a couple of friends we met there forced me to go do that. And you won. Yeah, well, it was fun. I mean, it was weird, you know, because I, I consider myself, in, a, in terms of getting in front of a crowd, pretty shy. Like, I can talk to anyone, but when I have to, like, perform or do something in front of an audience, mm -hmm. it's a little different, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know anything about that. Um, I can get you. I, I know a guy though. I yeah, can, I can. I can get you some help. But this week, yeah, we had Thanksgiving this week. How's your Thanksgiving go? It was great. It was a lot of food. Always. And honestly, I was like trying to pace myself with the food because you knew you had more coming. Well, obviously that, but I mean, I knew. Sleep. That I was gonna pass out, and we had yeah. to record the show later. Exactly. So I was just dreading it. I was like, I know that I'm gonna eat too much, and I'm gonna be tired, and yeah. we're gonna record. So, spoiler alert: that's exactly what happened. I did end up. I tried to pace myself, but I ended up just eating. You just a can't because it's so good. I just eating it's a just, bunch of food. It's just so good. You know, yeah, I went to my dad's. Same thing. Ate mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, I finally told my grandfather that I was having a son. Oh yeah, your old time lord. Yeah. So my little time lord, he's a. Uh, 
uh, fourth generation now of Roland that's going to mm. be around. Um, we're actually going to recreate a photo from right. uh, when my my great grandfather, my grandfather, my dad, and me were all sitting on a couch. We're going to redo that photo. Yeah, you guys are the, like the human version of like Time Lords almost because you're just the same person. You're yeah you're yeah. you're just. We have, just we, have a, we have a paradox machine around here somewhere. You guys, are, yeah, you guys are just regenerations of each other. But it was fun, and I also had a birthday, so I am now 28 years old this week. Right, so a lot of stuff went down. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Jason Sean. We're here to talk about Doctor Who. Yes. And with that comes this week's Doctor News. Well, I've got some news for you, dudes. Alright, so this week on Doctor News, there is some fun stuff to talk about, which I'm sure some of y'all have seen some of that blowing through the internet, because how have you not yeah, if you're a Doctor a lot, Who fan? A lot. It's, it's been a lot, but let's talk about some of the things maybe you didn't hear about first. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a William Hartnell tribute documentary uh, coming out. Uh, the Doctor Who Appreciation Society has released a half-hour documentary showing the installation of a William Hartnell heritage plaque at Ealing Studios last month. Now, I don't know what Ealing Studios is. Obviously, it's not here in the States. So, right. Right. <laughs> we of say course. this all the time, we're Americans, we don't get to experience the awesomeness of having Doctor Who in our homeland a lot. Right. So, But we saw what happened when Americans got their hands at Doctor Who, so they can keep it, we, we love it, from afar. Yeah, So, but one day we hope to go. But it's it's pretty neat, they have video, uh, the video features interviews with family and friends of William Hartnell, it also includes the Car uh, Carney family unveiling the plaque itself. And then there's other videos and interviews from past, w, you know, DWAS, I guess is what they call it, Doctor Who Appreciation Society right. um, events also going on through there. We have listeners who are part of the Doctor Who Appreciation Society. Do we? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, you are you have to be a dues-paying member to be a part of the Appreciation Society. And they, oh, that's awesome. It's actually a big deal to be, like, an, I guess the word would be officer in it, you know, to be the president. Nice. And, oh, okay. You know, so it's kind of like, I don't want to say fan club, but I want to say... Well, it is a fan club, but it's more... Yeah, it's more... It's yeah. more intricate than that. It's a more known, I guess, a, a higher class. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word to use there. There's a specific word I was trying to find, and I, I can't seem to find the word I was looking for. Not high class, more... It's elevated. Elevated. Yeah, that's a good word. Exactly. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool out there. Big Finish Productions has also announced three more box sets for their audio adventures, uh, depicting what happened to the Time Lord's home planet of Gallifrey and the ultimate battle across time and space. Yeah, we've heard the Time War countless times. You know, I wish we could have got to experience more of it, and but this kind of gives us some, a way to do that. They've had these adventures before, but these uh, following the events on Gallifrey, the Time Lord Volume One is where this all these box sets are going to continue. Uh, we find out who survived and whether Romana and uh, Narvin—I always say that name wrong—I think—lived to see if Gallifrey fall. You know, so that'll be pretty interesting yeah, for us to see got, as well. It's got Lala Ward in it, you know, who played Romana too, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Big Finish really goes all out. There's so much out there I would recommend, and I'm sure there's listeners out there who know exactly what we're talking about, because we, we bring up audio adventures on the show a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, this would, I wouldn't call this an audio adventure or a podcast, but this is the same form of content, you know. Yeah, it's, what I like about audio adventures is that it gives you a way to, the story's written, you know, they have the voices, you're listening to the actors, but you can portray this, these events and this, this story in your head, you know? Right. So it, it's, it's, I don't know, that's more intriguing than watching it on television sometimes. You know, it has a way of really just getting you into it. It's like reading right. a book, you know, some people get really into the book because they create the events themselves in their own head. Right, right, exactly. And, and then that's the thing is, 
for anyone out there who you know wants more Doctor Who or wants this uh, latest series uh, ends are going to be craving more Doctor Who content. Obviously, we hope you listen to the, this show. Yeah. Because we'll continue to churn out episodes, but also check out Big Finish because there is so much. Think of a doctor, think of a companion, especially River Song stuff. If you're a fan of River Song, and I know there's so many people out there, there is an audio adventure with her with almost every doctor. Right. Uh, with her, there's stuff with her. There's <laughs> I think David she meets Chitty. Jenny, actually. Didn't, right. Yeah, her and the fourth doctor, I think. I, think I could be so. wrong. I think it was all three of them, though. But yeah, there's, there's, there's so much out there. So... Check it out. Free plug for Big Finish. We love you guys. Yeah, always a plug for Big Finish. Of course, this year they did their Children in Need like they do every year. Everyone right. knows about that. We've talked about that every year. It's a really cool little event where they bring in these children and, you know, they're inside like the TARDIS console and they just they have this cool little event for these uh, these children. Right, it's a big thing that BBC does every year and mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Who's always a big part of it. Yeah, and I think they raised this year, they raised all, uh, about, get, get me wrong, it's like 51 million Pounds, I think, is what they did. Mm-hmm. I think so. I could be wrong on that. Uh, Cha-ching! Yeah, so that's good. I don't know what that converts to in American dollars, but it's a lot, nonetheless. Yeah, it's a lot, so, of, a lot of moolah. Now, real quick, um, obviously, we're, we're not going to talk about this too much, but Kerblams, I always like to do the overnight viewing figures because they're, they're not the solidified numbers. They it's typically not always, Yeah, they always typically go up, but it, it still kind of gives you just some sort of how it's looking. So Kerblam, the newest episode that we're going to talk about, um, had 5.93 million viewers, so a share of 28.5%, which is up. A little up. A little up from the late last episode before it, but still not around that 30% mark that I, I would like to see them at. I think 30% is a good share. You for know? sure. Yeah, for I sure. think 30% is a good share. If you start getting below the 27, 26 mark, it's a little scary for me. It didn't do, didn't do too bad. Now, some big stuff I wanted to talk about, which I'm sure some of y'all have seen plastered all over the internet. I'm going to talk about the, one of the biggest ones first. Was, hey, uh, Jace, I heard something. Amazon did something. Right, yeah. Elaborate on that for us. Fortunately, <laughs> I wasn't able to, you know, Take part, this. yes. <laughs> but, so Amazon Prime, you know, they release the episodes that are available for purchase and everything. And I, I this is something I always wondered about, it was how these streaming services... They must have got the stuff in advance. Well, they have to in order to get it up quickly. They they get uh, they get the copy. I, I know how it works. They get the final copy of the of the program, and then right. they upload it. They're not allowed to upload it until a certain time. Right. Or they time lock it to where they upload it, but it doesn't. Like we can do on people can do on Facebook posts, where you put a time on when it goes live. Right. You know, and more likely someone did that and missed a one somewhere. Right. So the episode, <laughs> uh, the new episode, that episode eight's coming out. And it's as we're doing this recording right now. It, it is not available for viewing. No, yet. It's yeah, not it doesn't out. come out till Sunday. Right. It's, well, <laughs> for those that haven't seen it already, it doesn't right. come out till Sunday. Well, Amazon leaked it, and it was not up very long. No, they were able to take it down. But there were some people out there who's probably seen it who have got to watch it. Yep. So it's that was. That was pretty crazy. It just goes to show you that things happen, you know, in today's technology, you know, today's world of technology, you know, things like that happen. It's just the way things get spoiled all the time. You know, they don't want things to get spoiled, but someone out there wants, that's what they do. The minute something comes around, they search the internet or search what they can to hack things they can to get information that they can share to the world. There's reviews already up about the episode. Yeah, be careful. So yeah, don't click on any of those because you may think they're fake, but they're probably true. Right. You know, and then, of course, the biggest thing I kind of want to chat with just for a second, this might 
take Dr. Dr. News a little further than we typically do, a little longer than we typically do. But I think it's important is everyone's been wondering how long Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker are going to be around. Are we going to get three seasons like we have been seeing? You know, how, what, are, what are we going to get? And news right now, it's just a rumor, obviously. It's not solidified. People come up with the craziest theories. And the very first source I saw this on, in my opinion, is not credible at all. Because they, they have so many things that they've lied about and just created. I remember back when they said Peter Capaldi, it was confirmed Peter Capaldi was going to regenerate back into David Tennant. So... If that tells not you anything, yeah. yeah. Not a reliable yeah. source of information. Yeah. But other, since then, other places have been talking about it. And they're saying that after season, series 12, we're going to see the departure of both the showrunner and Jodie Whittaker. Because it has been stated that Jodie has said that she it won't stay past if Chris Chibnall leaves. Right. Because they work together on Broadchurch. But we're also getting the sense, the uh, rumors are that that new season of 12 will only have six episodes. Right. So, to kind of uncork this, there's a lot to talk about. There is. There's, there, yeah. Um, so, firstly, you know, the, the we talked about this in Doctor News in the past, you know, the rumor mill about that there were <clears throat> there was going to be a year hiatus, and we, we have now found that that's not true, right? And that seemed to be paired with the, this information that Chris Chibnall apparently, despite what we all think is true... That he is like showrunners in the past kind of had the finger on the pulse of the show, like they kind of, from a macro sense, not a completely dictator sense, but yeah. some someone who can controls the the creative narrative of the show for the most part. Well, this turns out not really to be the case. At least, again, this is all what, what speculation we've heard. and just rumors at the moment. Um, but there is some truth in some of that. And not necessarily that, but there is truth in some things like, you know, Chris Trimnell wasn't necessarily wanting to do Doctor Who, but they pers right. they pursued him so heavily. Right, right, right. And Moffat really wanted him to do it, too. Mm -hmm. Well, he's tied in to a lot of these actors who've done the show mm -hmm. in the past or have wanted to be a part of the show that he just seemed like the next natural fit for it. And I don't think he was particularly interested in doing Doctor I'm sure they gave him a really lucrative deal for doing it. Yeah. I'm not saying he was disinterested in it, but unlike, for example, Russell T. Davies or Stephen Moffat, who were... Who, their whole career... Stephen Moffat says it. His whole career started, when he started writing, was to be in Doctor Who. Right, exactly. You know? So, I can understand that he... That we, I mean, it's documented that he had hesitation about doing it. Uh, I think it was in an interview back in 2013 or something where he even said he wouldn't yeah. do it. But uh, obviously we found out that he was lying then or maybe he just believed that to be true and it wasn't. So he does the show and we again, this rumor mill is that he doesn't actually have a lot of creative control with it and it's causing problems between him and executives at the BBC. Like, you know, as we all know, the reason there is that rumor about the hiatus is because BBC wants there to be a series every year. That's that's what they want. They want a yearly thing of Doctor Who episodes coming out, a new series. From the rumors, this isn't anywhere recorded, but from the rumors, is Chris Trimnell feels like there needs to be, in order for the story to be well-written and to be better, there needs to be a hiatus because pumping out 10 to 12 episodes a year that quickly is leaving things on the table that can make the series better. 
So that's where the six episodes comes in. And I get that. 12. I understand I mean, that. I do, because I mean, you got to think about uh, Sherlock. How many years did I wait for Sherlock series uh, season three? But it was phenomenal. Right. And, they, and you always had a year more hiatus between Sherlock. Mm-hmm. You know, for three episodes. Right, and that, that that's the thing is like that was that you know when we talked about the hiatus thing in the past. I don't know if that really ever came up as as a reason for doing the hiatus, but after you know learning this information and that being said, that was like maybe the strongest argument for the hiatus that I had heard was like, okay, I can understand that. The series would be better. You have more time to write it. You have more time to shoot it correctly. See right. what the holes are. See what's not working. Right. Do some reshoots if you need to. Um, work around people's schedules a little better. You know things like that. And but it, it has also been documented that we've we've talked. But you and I have talked about it that as much as we want to see Jodie Whittaker stay because I think she's doing a great job. She said that she probably won't stay past when Chris Chibnall leaves. Right. That's what she's saying, or she had said in the, in the past. past. I mean, things change. She might she might really love being the Doctor and doesn't want to leave it. You I know. mean, we've had this happen in the past, you know, with David Tennant and Russell T. Davies, where they were they were close, they were so tied together that, you know, one leaving the show, you know, basically the other just was like, all right, you know, time to move on. Yeah. And so I get that, and they're obviously, I'm sure they're great friends, and I'm sure they're they're tied together professionally mm-hmm. in a way. I don't know if that's necessarily gonna. Hold. I don't think it will. If, if she's doing a great job and she loves it, I don't see why. But if she thinks that maybe it'll be something where she does half, I don't know, I don't want to say half, because it depends on, I guess, whoever would come in next. Mm-hmm. But if she bumps heads, then maybe she lives mid-season or something. No, you know? that wouldn't happen. I don't know. I don't know if it would, man. I, that, 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 it, I think it would be really interesting to see a mid-season regeneration. It would be, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't... I guess I can't put it out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I guess I can't, but it, it would that would be something that would be seriously breaking from Doctor Who tradition. Norms, yeah. There's a lot to it, you know, in the sense that I I we know that there's been problems in the past with actors on the show and people working at maybe the BBC office. Yeah. Well, we know that. I mean, not necessarily the office, but we know Christopher Eccleston, for instance, had bumped heads with execs and we just still to this day don't know that full story yeah i mean he's he's had interviews saying he just bumped heads with some people and he thought it was his time to go you know or whatever but it's i don't know it's all speculation you know it really is until something comes out and someone says something Mm -hmm. an executive or jody or chris it's really all just he say yeah and i think jody just because she said that i don't know if she's gonna have to be forced into leaving like, no it would all be i mean it's all contractual too if she, they, I mean, whoever well that's the does other it, thing yeah. i'm glad you said that is she might be under contract yeah so if she's under contract for three years three series she's here for three series like that unless yeah. unless i mean they have ways to get out of it there's buyouts and stuff like that but um if she's really just like no i'm gonna be a, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna do it they can technically buy her out of her contract but then she's probably blacklisted from the doctor who universe you know yeah so <laughs> but, I, I don't know it, maybe it's not nearly as contentious as we think. No, it might not be. It, we could be all wrong. Heck, Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker could love doing what they're doing right and now. And just be laughing at all this. At, at all of this. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I said, the first source I saw that stuff on is not credible. I'm not going to put their names out there because they do run their own stuff. But I'm not trying to beat anyone down. But they, they've never been a reliable source on anything. Yep, so that's going to do it. 
for Dr. News, like I said, there was a lot to uh, unpack there. One thing I do want to say was the story of that we just talked about with Jody and Chris Chibnall. Again, you know, I, I talk about this on the show about how I edit the show myself yeah. and how I, you know, do, I do all that. Literally, as I was editing last week's episode, finishing touches, uploading it to Anchor, all those things, I look on my phone and that news broke. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, gosh, why couldn't we have gotten this news yeah. sooner to talk uh, about yeah. on the episode? So we had to wait a week to do it. We've been talking all week about but it. But it's fine. It gave other people a chance to talk about it and see what other people think. Now, we would love to know what you think on that. So if you have anything you want to say, like it's bull, you know, I kind of think it's true, or just give us what just some some of your thoughts on something so big like that. Like, how would you feel if they are gone after twelve and they've had six episodes? Let us know. Yeah, just just go head over to Anchor.fm/slash Doctor Who's. We talk about that's our home, and you can leave voice messages. We could potentially play on the show. Moving on, baby, it's time to review episode seven of series eleven. Kablam! I can't get over seven eleven. I, I really can't. I know seven eleven. Kablammy! I can't, yeah. I cannot say it any other Kaboom. way. Kaboom! I can't we did, stop. We're just going to literally do that every week. Just make fun of the name. Just where we make fun of the name. I we can't help it, okay? We've done it three weeks in a row. <laughs> we're just going to keep doing it, I guess. So, a lot to talk about here. First, we'll go ahead and talk about the Doctor, of course. Yeah, to always start. So, doc, the Doctor this week was the Queen of references there was so much <laughs> so much yeah i remember us watching the episode and we're both sitting here going okay all right like <laughs> obviously the i would say the biggest one is the fez oh my feels yeah and the fact when she goes i must have ordered this a long time ago right obviously it was Ouch. the 11th doctor so if you actually timeline it no, you can't timeline it Everything's fall. You cannot timeline that because it has to be a minimum of. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't want to do this math again. Right. He is at least he's over. He's over. He's over fifteen hundred when he's doing. Uh, when he's on Trenzalore. Yeah. Well, when he gets to and you don't know when he ordered it. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. He when he was on Trenzalore, he was. Somewhere near 1300 Let's say he ordered it, hypothetically, he ordered it when he first got the first Fez, and he wanted a new one, because, you know, that it got taken. He was 900-something. Right. So He is now over, or she, is over probably 2400 years old, for all we know. Or more. Who or knows? more. Yeah. Who, who, knows? who knows? It's hard, like like you said, it's hard to timeline it. So there was that. But that is very slow delivery service. Right. Uh, the other references, we obviously get a reference to uh, Agatha Christie, the episodes yeah, with David Tennant, I, yeah. and the Wasp. Did I ever tell you about my time with Agatha Christie? Or the bees, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then... Well, the big bee looking... Yeah, I know the, what you guys... Right. And then we get a reference... Well, not a reference so much. Uh, the Doctor uses psychic paper in this episode. Mm -hmm. She's done a little bit this season. So We've I'm seen done. a little bit more than we had with... Uh, the Twelfth Doctor. The Twelfth Doctor, for sure. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot more psychic paper this time around. And then using the Venetian Aikido grip. Yes. So. Yes, which she, she stuns him. Right. And takes away the gun. That's a reference to the third Doctor, because the third Doctor, like they it, when they did Doctor Who back then. I thought it was nice when they brought that back. I was like, yeah. oh. Right. So. There was all kinds of little Doctor Who references. I, I thought it was cool. It was obviously fan service. 
And yeah, but still, I mean, it, it, it made for a good part of the episode. I mean, it was fun to see. Right. So, um, The main bit about, actually, the Doctor in this episode, surprisingly, I thought the Doctor was... This was A-plus performance for me of this whole series so far with Jody's work, the dialogue, everything like that. Really nailed it this episode for me. I really, like, this one kind of made me finally turn the page. Yeah, I kind of like, you know, I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but, you know, when they start the episode, she's so excited to get to go to Kerblam, you know, they get get to go. She's like, yes, looking like a kid in a candy store and, or toy store. (laughs) But then when they get more into the seriousness of the episode, she's like trying to be subtle and be like, does anyone need help? You know, kind of like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the word I'm looking for. I know there. what you're looking for, but she but, was trying to be. I don't want to say incognito, but yeah, like, she, was, she was trying to ask a question without people realizing she's asking a question. Right. A serious question. Right. One of the standout moments for me in this episode was when they were talking to the character Slade, which we'll talk about a little bit here in, in a minute. Oh yeah. And she's in the office with with them. I think uh, Ryan and Yaz are right there. And they're confronting him, and basically she starts doing the doctor thing where, you know, these people are protected, and you'll have to deal with me. You know, the doctor says a lot where if he tells the bad guys if you do this thing, you're going to have to deal with me type thing. And she does that. And she does it really seriously. And, you know, it was very dominating to the point where it was like, wow, that's, that's the doctor, okay? And then as she, she turns around, turns immediately. around immediately, get like too much. Yeah, was, was that it, too much? Like, and I was like, okay. I don't remember the exact wordage, but she was like, she was like, was that like basically going? Did I do that a little too much? Right. Was that a little over the top? Right. Yeah. And I that was like. And you, I remember we were sitting here watching, and you laughed out loud. Right, because I was like, that that's the doctor. Yeah. I was like, that's the doctor. That's that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> it was a, the, finally. It was that was the. And I, <laughs> The first moment, you know... Where you were like, I'm watching Doctor Who. Where I went, this is Doctor Who. That's the yeah. that's the Doctor. They only took... Seven, seven episodes. episodes. So I was, I was very pleased with the Doctor in this episode. I liked the little references. They didn't matter much to the story, but I didn't enjoy them. And, you know, there was a, there was a lot in this episode. It was... It was just like other episodes. It was a bait and switch. And the Doctor... We'll get to that. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So we'll go over the companions. We do that every week as well. There's Ryan, uh, Graham, and Yaz. And they all had kind of... Separate jobs. Jobs of this episode. I mean, right. I, think, I think they did... I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll, I'll have to think about it more, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, who do you want to start with? Let's start, I guess, with Graham. You want to start with Graham? Because he interacts with the character Charlie, which yeah. we'll go over. He, in. He, he gets put, which is, okay, so if you think about this, which is really funny. During the episode, when they are getting when they first get in there, and they're getting the bands to tell them what jobs. Right. Remember they say they base it off, like, IQ and, right. like, physical ability, and that's how they get put in certain jobs. Remember that the Graham, had, Graham, Graham had purple, uh, I think it was. Graham had purple, the doctor had white, I think. Right. And she swaps it, which means that technically the doctor had janitor and maintenance. Right. And I thought maybe that was like a play on the whole, like, you know, doctor is 
her name. Yeah. And like janitor, like just something kind of like, like that. Like that. I, I don't know. I but thought yes. it was. I thought it was funny. Yeah. And well, okay. So Graham goes to the maintenance meets, like you said, Charlie, um, little like, kind of a kid. But I okay, guess. hold on. Before we move on, I you know this is kind of uh, gears are turning in my head about that whole the doctor switching the colors of the band thing. Uh-huh. And obviously when that happened, I was thinking like there had to be... Well, she wanted to be with the, where the packing slips were coming from. Right. I don't... You know, I thought there would be more to that kind of thing. Like, no, I think maybe, that's literally all it was meant to do may- is put her where the packing slips were and then never mentioned again. Ah, well, it was mentioned again, but... But the thing about it was is like I thought maybe they would use that as an element... I'm like, okay, uh, now they're both getting jobs that they're not equipped for. Oh. And that, like, you know, the Graham... The no, the Graham, only, only thing I they I almost said the Graham. Yeah, the Graham. Graham would go do maintenance or whatever, and it would be, like, challenging. He couldn't handle it or anything. And they just, it was... Well, the jobs never really played a factor in the most. And, and you don't really see... You see them doing the jobs a little bit, but they, those bands did play another part later on where they get found because... Right. There's GPS in it. It tells them where they are. Right. But going back to Graham, yeah, like you said, he's down there in the maintenance area. Um, he meets a character. Another great performance by Graham yeah. in this episode. What I thought was funny, though, is when he introduces himself, he goes, yeah, I'm like 310. Yeah, I don't know. He was uh, It's just him being, Graham. you know, you know just yeah. clever. Yeah, just him being him, you know. Or he's a Time Lord, and we just don't know it. Wouldn't that be crazy? Uh, so then we have Ryan. We get finally get a reference to Ryan's dyspraxia. Even finally, though, even though it played zero part in this episode, well, it, it was never referenced. Only in dialogue. Yeah, only, only in dialogue. It only played a part in dialogue. When things happened on screen, it really had like no like it. Been, no, because when he was on the conveyor belt, you think the conveyor belt moving and rattling would would play a part of him not being able to stand up and jump to the next platform and something right. would have to happen and maybe he just trips and falls onto it or something. But no, he just stands up and jumps. Yeah, so that, I mean... But finally we got a reference, I guess. Right. Um, but in terms of that, I can't remember, to be honest with you, anything else that he really did. Well, Ryan also was the driving force of the fact that they were in a factory. Well, in yeah, a warehouse. He, he had done he it worked. before. Yeah, he had worked in a warehouse so, so he that knew was, his way around. That of. was the thread... For him in this story, yeah. there wasn't much to it. I, it, it's becoming more and more apparent as we get deeper and deeper into this series that we're gonna have gaps in, well, in people's in terms of their fleshing out the characters. There's gonna yeah, be yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I thought you meant you were gonna say gaps in time, but no, gaps in how the characters are completely fleshed out. Ryan. And to a certain extent, Yaz. I would say Yaz has definitely been given more treatment yeah. than Ryan has. But Ryan, they for the first half of the season, they were referencing a lot his father, his mother, his relationship with Graham. None of that. And now in the past, what, two couple episodes, we haven't really gotten None anything since Saranga conundrum. I don't think we've gotten anything. I don't think so either. And maybe we'll get more of that. I like It's just the age-old thing of... Give it time. We'll have to wait. Yeah. That and there's just too many companions. Too many. One less. Needs to yeah. be one less. But we beat that. With, we beat that. Yeah. We get Yaz. Yaz. Another one where Yaz, I guess, not really, but kind of was more of a focus. But she didn't really do much. Well, her... her she t- was the one that kind of led into the 
not necessarily the climax, but the rising action of the of the plot. Of yeah. the plot, she's the one that discovers this, realizes people are missing. She mm -hmm. takes part. She almost gets captured. Right. You know. So we uh, move on to some characters that are introduced in this episode, and that's the Kerblam, the Kerblam man. Kerblam man. Yeah, the uh, the robots that deliver all right. the all the goods. So, just a small nitpicking minor thing. This is just, this is very nitpicking, and I'm not, I won't fault them for it at all. It's just something that registered in my brain. The Kerblam man goes through, finds the doctor, it's called a, like a teleport pulse, or something like that. Uh, yeah, something pulse. I don't want to say teleport pulse, Maybe that sounds wrong. Uh, some, it was something to that Yeah, 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 yeah. And it got on the TARDIS, and then... Just threw the TARDIS shields and everything. That was, yeah, exactly. I yeah. was like... And I, I noticed that, too, because we've seen so many times where things couldn't get through the TARDIS shield. Right, like, the, the TARDIS is supposedly impenetrable. And it just pops right in. Right, here's... And you could say, well, you know, I can understand that if it was, like, something big and a villain or something. But no, it was just, like, their version of Amazon just got on yeah, the just... TARDIS. Minor thing. Minor thing. Yeah. But it, it was something that did come in my brain the the Clubbrain Man I thought were interesting they they kind of reminded me not as much of the angels back in Tenet's era you know kill kill you know oh the robots on yeah, the Titanic on the Titanic yeah you know kill but I uh, thought you were talking about weeping angels no like, no what no, are you no, talking no. about so they kind of reminded me of that in a sense that they they could they understood they knew what was going on. They were pretty coherent. Right, they had a, a more sophisticated AI yeah. than most robots. You know, the the Kerblam Man, you know, it, they did kind of give me that vibe a little bit that you're talking about. Yeah, because they started getting... You thought they were going to be the main villains right. of the show because right. they, they started capturing people or stealing them. And So that's... It's another episode. I thought it was well... You, you can't be mad at those, though. I thought no. it was perfectly well played in this episode. No. Hear me out. Okay, I'm just saying. I, I had I had a preemptive that because of what you said in the past. Hear me out. <laughs> so they did another bait and switch, as you know, we all have seen the episode. They they give you a what you think is the villain, mm -hmm. the complaint man, and it turns out not to be something else is the villain, right? And it wasn't even the the complaint man was a villain at all. It was part of the system. That had its own thing too. Right, it's it's a tool. It's just like it's a, yeah, the Clayman was a tool of the system. It's like calling the knife that a killer uses yeah. a villain. It's not the it's system just, was the entity. The Clayman man was it's right. like arms and fingers and stuff. Right, but we'll, I, we'll talk a little bit more about the Clayman man. Yeah, because I kinda, I want to come back to the the plot and stuff in a minute. I want to talk about I want to finish the characters first because there's one particular thing that hit me as we were talking about the Kablam Man, that I maybe I missed it, maybe you can clear it up on me, but really, I'm confused on now. I literally just confused myself on something. Great. Well, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> we, we can have this talk. So, we get to the character of Judy, that's the head of human organic resources. Organic, uh, yeah, she's kind of like the, the head, sure of everyone, head of people. Head of people, yeah, make sure everyone's safe and having a good time. So, she gets introduced as, she gets introduced as, like, the head of people, you know, she says, I'm to make sure everyone's, yeah, I think everyone's happy. And if you watch the episode, it actually makes sense the way she says all that. Because when I first heard her say all those things, like, oh, yeah, I think everyone's happy. Oh, I think everyone's having a good time. Oh, I think this is that. It's because she, later on we find out she, she was like, there's 10,000 people. I can't keep track of them all. 
Right. I I get that, and I, that was a good enough explanation for me. Yeah. But I, I feel like even at that level, like, people are dead and not showing up. Well, not only that, up. but then going back to the, the leg bands, yeah. you, she, you had to know people were missing. Like, why are there ten people's leg bands in the Just same exact spot? spot? Yeah, or not even turned on or something. Right. And so she wasn't... Or, like, hey, why aren't the packing slips being put on section so-and-so, whatever. whatever? Yeah. Oh, I guess that person didn't show up to work today, and yeah. their leg band is found downstairs. Because if we talk about we never... We, that that part of it, if you really get into it, can fall apart. It could. There's some there's some loop, there's some holes there. Because, you know, we're going to the... In this, I guess, era... I, I don't... Do we remember what year we were in? Did, did they ever say what year uh, we were no, in? No, we didn't I don't think we got a time. year. They just got... We're on a moon of a planet. Kandoka. Kandoka was the planet we were on the moon. So, the thing about it is that apparently in that time, it's they were they had to they had to have like rallies and stuff to get companies to have at least ten percent minimum organic workers. Right. It's a common uh, commentary. The whole episode was kind of a commentary on, on minorities. In my, I got it as a minority thing because you know some companies we work for those companies. You have to hire a certain percentage, a certain percentage of minorities. I didn't get that at all, and that's interesting that you got that, but I saw it as a... As technology is taking us over? A, what's, there's a specific word for it, but it's a... It's a... Ah, this is going to kill me. There's a word for it. When computers and... Automization. There you go. Yeah. That's the yeah, word yeah, yeah. I'm looking for. Automization. And that... You know, I mean, we see it happening now in certain fast food places where they they were in areas where people were complaining about wages or whatever. Instead of raising the wages, they just fired, fired the people and automated. replaced it with a computer, which this is <laughs> this is counterintuitive to the comment, the, or I guess the point, is I've been to, like, let's say a McDonald's, for example, where they have a, com like, where you tap the menu and you order your burger and your stuff. It's way better than communicating with a human being. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> it so is. here's and by doing it, that though It's the, so much better. The reason they do that is because what they can do, so instead of raising everyone's wages to fifteen dollars, right. they can fire seven people, have seven machines that they aren't paying, and maybe raise the everyone else's like the cooks like two dollars. Right. Well that's the, the other so thing So they're they're happy because they got a pay raise. Right. Well the other thing about it's all bottom line, people. This is it's this, all bottom line. This is a small point. We'll get back to <laughs> yeah, Doctor. Yeah, we'll get back to Doctor. <laughs> is I, I saw something about it. How the interesting thing about employees is a human employee over time gets more expensive. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Whereas a machine a does not. Machine Maintenance actually gets less, less expensive. expensive. Yeah. It gets less expensive over time. So yeah, I saw the episode more of a minority thing because they were talking about how they had to have rallies and protests. To get these companies to have a minimum ten percent organic uh, worker force. Wow, I that and it's all the menial jobs. It's all the menial jobs that people that they could have had machines do anyways. Yeah, that that phew, right over your head. Yeah, no, I, didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get that at all. Moving on, you know that we're talking about Judy, the head of people. Then we have Kira Arlo, who's a character that the Doctor and Ryan meet. On Pretty the lovable little character. Had like a great outlook on life. The doctor yeah, even says it. You yeah, have a great a, attitude on life. She was a sweet character. I think they really 
wanted that character to be a focal point of the episode because she ended up i guess in a way being a pretty important part of the episode right and a weird twist so when you were talking about twists there's two twists in the episode but we'll get there there's there's a bait there's, there's a, a bait, bait and switch twi- but then a bait and switch to the to the person that was the switch of the You're bait right. yeah the, that so, the bait and switch was baited yeah so and, we'll, we'll get yeah. to that when we talk about it all in, a, in in itself right but she was a sweet character the <clears throat> she talks about her home planet and you know how she never really got gifts and the, the yeah only, i thought that was interesting that she the only gift she'd ever got was on her last birthday and it was from judy from yeah, work from work so like she was like she always used to always imagine people opening gifts and seeing this that's what got her through work is seeing the smile on people's face from opening that gift right is what got her through work and then she's used in the episode pretty heavily off she got uh she was deemed employee of the day and they the kerblan robots brought her into a room and the dark section right and gave her a gift which okay yeah, Stop I'm not there. gonna go here. I want to talk about more because that, 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 there's we, something. We I all know what happens, there. but I, I yeah, I, I want to loop around to that. Yeah, where this is a little disjointed this week, but I I, I, I will it, come back. Well, I agree because there's some part I really want to talk about that's kind of into all that. So, so then we move on to Dan. Dan was the guy who was with Yaz. He was the one who ended up going missing. Yeah, the, with, the and he had father right who had a daughter with the necklace and everything. Yeah, it said dad on it, and he's the one that uh, Yaz got that item to go into the i forgot what section it was but it was like a really dark section and he was like no people keep going in there not coming back and he was like oh this is your first day or they go in there they get terminated right like he thinks that means fired he's assuming people are getting fired for going in that section so he takes it from her does it himself and that's kind of what moves the plot forward is he ends up going missing complain man take him right a nice character obviously just a a point to make to kind of give the humanity um and again and I hate to say, I hate to bring this up again, but it's a minority thing. He's he came to this working job to and he sees his family, his daughter, twice a year, giving money to send back home. Dude, I I I'm stunned. I didn't pick that up at all. Usually, when we we watch Doctor Who, you're more the political aspect of things. You, well, you I'm see not only of, political, but I would say that I'm more of a you see thing the episode on its surface usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're you're more uh the you know about the aesthetics and everything of it. I usually look for the at, at the bare bones of yeah, it. I usually look at the bare bones to figure out, you know, what what actually are they trying to tell that's I'm I'm shocked you really picked it up. I d I didn't get that at all. So Dan was that, you know, we get the little bit at the end of the episode with Dan and Yeah. Obviously, there's another character named Slade who was kind of part of the bait and switch. You assume he's the bad guy. The minute you see him, he's wearing black. You assume he's the villain. They cast him. Look like this guy looks like, like a, a bad, villain. Yeah, he like, looks they like cast a bad him. Guy. You think he's a villain. He even's like, "Get back to work," you know, blah blah blah. You're like, "Oh yeah, he's it." Because then he comes into the room with a gun when right. they're going through his files and stuff. Right. You know, the 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 Kablam man attacks Charlie. You mm. know and you think he's the one doing it all? It was all perfect right then. Right. So you you really thought, okay, they're going to catch him red-handed. And then to come to find out that he's actually... He's been trying to do it all on his own. Right. To figure out in, what's happening. He's investigating it just like the doctor is. They find him near... They all come together. 
in where the ooze people are. I call them ooze people because they're all ooze. Right, point. yeah. So we find out that the people that have gone missing are in a giant vat of just goop. And that's what I want to talk about. But I'm going to come back to it after we get to talk about characters. Remind me of the ooze vat. All right, uh, we'll talk about the goop. Yeah. We uh, we get the, I guess, the not the MacGuffin, but the... the <clears throat> MacGuffin. Right, but the thing that fixes everything in this episode is the... Twirly. Twirly, yeah. which is an early version of Kerblam Man. It was just the very original one. You know, it's kind of like, what kind of... Amazon before they had Amazon Prime. Right, right, right. It was just, yeah. And the Doctor uses it to fix basically everything. Go back into the original coding and... Right. Forget all the updates. Forget all this. You know, figure out what's going on. And go ahead. Yeah, and Twirly kind of leads into like the whole... Because I guess you could say the Kablam system itself was a, a, a character. Well, that's why I said the Kablam system was... The, the system itself was the entity. The Kablam people were like its, its arms and legs. It was a, its avatars. Yeah, its avatars. And so it was the, the entity of the show, I think. It was its own character. And, you know, because the whole plot of the story is they get a uh, a piece of paper in the package saying help me and it you would think it was a person but it turns out to be the actual Kerblam system itself because you you get hints throughout the episode if you can put them together that some, something's not right there because they say she's when the doctor asks uh, where do these come from when they're down there wrapping the packages they're like they're already here and then you find out later even further that the system is the one that prints them and sends them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And then you find out the system is what sent it out. Right. So finally we get to the character of Charlie. Charlie ends up being the big bad, which was really surprising because he's not a visually intimidating character. Was in the maintenance? Right. He, yeah, he was with Graham and he almost gives you... He almost gives you a pretty good, like, you kind of like him right at the beginning. Right, like a yeah, good guy Graham, vibe. Graham even likes him, you know, and he gives you a good guy vibe. And then, yeah, you come to find out he's a, he, he, he's in love with uh, Kira. Kira. And, you know, they kind of had, like, a little thing going on. So you're like, oh, nice. Maybe at the end of the episode they get kind of get together or something, you know. But, no, he's the bad guy. Right, so. And that's where it gets interesting. That's where the bait and switch yeah. gets bait and switched, kind of. Right, so obviously the whole episode, you, you, Charlie's helping them, helping the doctor. You're thinking that he's doing all this because he wants to know as well. Come to find out, Charlie is actually much smarter than he appears. He he's some kind of a cyber something genius, right? Yeah, who is uh, upset about the fact that automation has has happened, and he wants to force. Kandoka and places like it to to say Shut more, it down. more than 10%. Yeah, because he's to, like, it goes from 10 to 5 to 2 and to none. Yeah, and all the missing people are people that he guinea-pigged and to, to test the bubble wrap on. Oh, okay. That, that's, that. But the goop, like, we don't get... I, I mean, okay, so the bubble wrap, instead of blowing them up, turns them to goop? Yeah, I guess so. Because that's where my disconnect was. I guess so, and the the explanation for that would be that he, being a janitor, just kind of mopped them all and put them in one place so they were yeah okay they weren't just all over the place you know I'll organic the, material. I'll slide. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad I answered that for you. Yeah, thanks. There's things about it though that that I I guess we should talk about. First is 
you know, he's revealed to be the basically the bad guy because the Kerblam men or the teammates, as they're called at one point, take Kira down to the foundation level where there are no human beings, gives her a present, and then all the all the whole team, Doctor and them, run up. No, it wasn't the Doctor. I think it was just Yaz. It was Yaz and Ryan, Ryan and Charlie. Right. Run in, see her behind this glass. They can't get in. They don't. She don't hear her. They walk her, see her open the gift. She's so excited because she got a gift again, and she pops one of the bubble wraps and explodes. Right. So that okay. That's something we you know that we found out in the episode is bubble wrap is the 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 big ultimate weapon. Weapon. Yeah. It's uh, killing he, everybody. He, he had like a. It's a. It's the force. He was able to do something with the the space in between it to cause an explosion. You know, it's, right. It's whatever. But I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with that. No, I didn't. I thought it was interesting. The 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 things that I kind of was like, okay, whoa. I I wouldn't say I had a problem with it, but it was like, man, one was it, it, something we talked about a lot, which is man, talk about death. There's so much death. So in much vats of goo people and her exploding. Right. And then I mean, even Charlie dies at the end. Right. And there was. Here's a nitpicky thing. If it was a foundation level with no people down there, then there was no need for people down there. Why was there like a a confession room type deal where police... It was like an interrogation room. Like with a table and... Well, they could use it for that. Why? I don't know. My thing is, it was with... With you, I mean, it's people still have to do maintenance. Maybe they had a maintenance thing. I, don't know. I mean, I guess maybe they like I said, no, it's nitpicky. Yeah, the handyman but I just or the get whatever it. could do. Complain man could do maintenance. I don't know, but I, I I see what you're doing there. I mean, I can see. But what what we find out though with Charlie is that he's the bad guy. At that at that point when Akira is inside the room, we don't know he's the bad guy. He reveals it he by re- reveals it later by her death. Basically. By her death. Yeah, like the system. We come to find out the system knew that he had feelings for her. And used her against him. Right. So that's that's my the the big one for me was that one. That's a that's a really sharp AI. Oh yeah, like, for sure. If there was an AI smart enough to do that, why wasn't it smart enough to prevent him from being able to override the system to take control of all of the the teammates slash Kerblamment? He wasn't in control of him. Remember, because it tried to attack him in the office with Slade. They thought it was just attacking them, but it was really going after him. It pinned him up against the wall, and then they removed his head, removed the head to save Charlie. Well, I mean, he was overriding the system for the deliveries. You know what I mean? Like the what I'm saying is the level of thought. It, this is well, something. He wasn't, no, he he just made the bubble wrap. They were just gonna. He, he was. Or were they gonna go all? They were just gonna oh, all. He was gonna. Yeah. Okay. But he was also he one, was yeah. but he was manipulating system for one massive delivery. No, the system wasn't allowing. As I got it, the system wasn't allowing them to be delivered. And got then it. he overrode it. Right. Okay. So I, I could I, be wrong. I might need to watch it again. But I think that 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 could. I think the system was preventing them from leaving because it knew what was going on. Yeah, that that could make sense to me. And then he overrode everything. But so. Firstly, about that, like I said, it's re- that's really very complex artificial yeah. intelligence. Like you're talking about that—that's it was its that's own entity. Pro- 
That's problem solving. That's creative thinking. That's that. That's that, that is that. I mean, that's. I'm not gonna say it's far surpasses human level thinking, but in a sense, it is human level thinking. Well, it is human level because thinking. if you had like my family captured and were like you were gonna just destroy them or something like that, and I found someone you were interested in, I would 100% use them against you. Right, but that, that, that's <laughs> the thing is this is something because I've done a little bit. Uh, when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. Might as well just say none. No. no, I've done a little <laughs> bit of research good. on artificial intelligence. And one of the things about artificial intelligence, and I didn't really want to go off this tangent because it's kind of whatever. I'll but just make it short. Is that, you know, a computer, even a really complex computer versus a human mind, they're, it, it, they're so, they're, they're vastly different and People don't understand how much complexity goes into just registering the simplest thing. And like I said, that happened. I was like, whoa, that's like big. The other thing was like, man, what a cruel, awful thing for the system to do. To a girl that had the best outlook on life. She truly and utterly did not deserve that. No, she did not deserve to die at all. She is, was the absolute 100% person that should have survived. Right. Like, the, the, the fact... She loved her job. She loved where she worked. She loved people. And it just goes to show that, like, the system was like, oh, no, you're that one person to save all these other people, mm -hmm. you know? And it's kind of like, what would the doctor have done if she was in that situation? What do you think? If she had to either... Let that her go into that room, or like I don't, I don't have, I don't know what the scenario would have played out. Mm -hmm. But if it was twelve, if I think it was, if it was Peter Capaldi's doctor, because we've seen it, where he knew one one person was gonna die, so he just let it happen. He was just like, "What am I gonna make it anyways? Couldn't save everybody, you know?" Right. But it was, it's just wow, that was it was dark. It, it was, was really, really dark. That was really dark. It was dark watching, and just watching her die, but then this, finding out the the system had done that in an effort to to somehow get him. Well, get him to act like I guess under, understand that his compassion yeah. and try not to do this thing. I was like, man, that's that's yeah, that's really crazy. And the the thing about the other thing about that that really kind of again irked me was that. Here, that didn't seem that necessary for the doctor to solve the problem. No, it was it was more for I think just his character. Like she, her, it was literally just for but, his character. But in the end, like you thought, okay, well, I would say that the her death, not justified, but I mean her death would have had meaning. I think his, I think if he would have come around. I think they used it as a way for him going. Absolutely. This is exactly why it must happen now, because you took that from me. Yeah. You know, not only are you taking my jobs, but now you took her from me. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it was really interesting. I, I kind of want to know your. I mean, we talked about a majority of the episode. You know, mm -hmm. unless you have any other tidbits, I kind of want to know your overall verdict. I, you know, I, I think about this, and this is a this is gonna be a little. I don't want to say surprising, but it is a little... <laughs> this was my favorite episode of the series so far. Okay. I 
thoroughly enjoyed it more than I enjoyed any other episodes. It's not, it's not by any means a standout in terms of, of Doctor Who, of a Doctor Who as a whole. Cool, but this episode zero out of five. Where are you getting it? Jelly Babies. Let's go. Three point seven five. Still didn't hit the four mark. Still has not hit the four mark for me. Man, I really, I honestly really thought you were going to give it a four. Now fours, I a five to me. I gave the demons of Punjab before. Yeah, I know. Five for me is like the fiftieth anniversary special. <laughs> well, yeah. A four would be like Husbands of River Song. That's a good episode. Like <clears throat> so, a, a four is a really good score for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, a four is a good score, but I really like Demons of Punjab. And and it got it got close. But this episode, I really enjoyed it as well. I did. I really enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoyed it any more than I did Demons of Punjab. So I'm gonna stick with the four as well. Yeah. So it was a it was a good episode. It here's some things about it. It felt like Doctor Who. Like for the first time. In a while, it feels like for me. I honestly thought the writing in that was really well done. I mean, we didn't get any character progression really with anyone. No. Like, but the episode—if we're just looking at that episode as its one piece, not tying into Doctor Who series eleven as a whole—it mm-hmm. was a good episode. Yeah, I agree. If I have to tie it in with the rest of the series and say what did it do for the rest of the series, it did nothing. Yeah, it was. It was. Obviously, just another standalone episode. It it did feel more like Doctor Who for me. It had that that more of a classic. Yeah. Doctor solving a problem, you know, with gadgets and things like that to figure out what is exactly is going on. It's another episode, like I said, where it's a bait and switch. That's fine if. I wouldn't have minded that part of it as much if they hadn't done that already this season. Yeah, whatever. You're, you're reading too much into it. I don't agree with that. But the... Oh, I'm going to call it right now. I'm not even talking about this episode. I'm going to call this on tape right now. I said tape like we're recording on some right, right. old school... For the record, yeah, we use, <laughs> we use an 8-track Yeah, we're record. recording this on an 8-track. Uh, we have to cut pieces out and right. melt them back together. But I'm calling it right now. Because we already know the names of the, of the next two episodes. Right. I'm calling... I, I don't remember the exact name of the other one, the last one because it's pretty obscure. It's like a pretty obscure name. I'm calling it that that brings back the Stenza. Like the, it would be that big of a gap? Yeah. But the, see... That's when it, we see it again. If it does that though, like... Exactly. Your reasoning that you're about to say right now is why I think they're going to bring it back right then. Read the name of that episode and tell me that doesn't sound like like a Stenza moon or planet or something. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... I don't know. I'm, I'm pulling at so many straws because there is no series arc as far as I can tell. At all. So... The series arc is that there is... Is no series arc. There is a Time Lord named the Doctor who yeah. travels around in a blue thing called the TARDIS. Yeah, I just That's feel like... That's the arc. And we've said it before we, when we talked about our midseason, so I'll leave it at this. But the first, like, three episodes, or two episodes, really, gave us all this stuff at once, kind of like, ooh, 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 and then none of it's been brought up since. Right. Anyways. 
But That's just my little thing. I, I enjoyed the episode for what it well, was. I'm glad. I'm glad it finally got above 3.5 for you. Well, as I I don't think anything's got a three for me yet. I don't know if it has or not, but I'm just really excited that so, you finally gave something. Yeah, so I actually enjoyed it. it. It's the first episode. You know, we haven't talked about Rosie yet, but it's the first episode. And that episode is coming, guys. It's just, it's, we, we're going to be really behind the curve on the episode, but it's. That's it, fine. It, yeah, it's just whatever. Just we still give you right. an episode a week, so yeah. deal with it. I want to do that episode right, uh, but yeah, it it, it was Kerblam was a good episode. It wasn't a great episode. Uh, I I'm I'm getting less and less hopeful. You know, I'm getting less and less optimistic about how this season is going to turn out. Like you know, it, I would say when it, the first episode and second sub episode for me, obviously there were some people who enjoyed them. That's great. But for me, where I was like, oh, man, that those weren't great. But we've got so much more to look forward to. So there's, you know, there's no reason to hit the panic button yet. There's still no reason to hit the panic button yet. But your your reservations is that it took until episode seven for you to finally go, oh, Doctor Who. Yeah, for me to finally just go, wow, okay, a, yeah. a, watchable, a watchable, enjoyable episode of Doctor Who. Was not one that blew my mind. It was yeah. not an episode that made me go, "Oh my God!" Like the se- the series is saved. It was just kind of like, "Yeah, great." And, but, and that series is the series. That I don't want anybody to think that that comment means that he thinks the series is failing. It's just no, it hasn't stood out as some of the others no. have in the past. No, I don't think it's failing. But you know, we've so that's our. I think that's our review. I think that's our our ideas, our comments on Kerblan on Kerblam. Kerblam. We both did this. Yeah. So that, I knew you were going to do it. That, did you really? Yes. So, I, am I that predictable? Yes. That's, so, that's, if I'm you guys be quiet uh, the the have some comments, <laughs> if you have some comments about Kerblam or about anything in general pertaining to the show or Doctor Who or whatever you want, like we said earlier in the show, head over to anchor.fm slash Doctor Who. You can leave voice messages for the show. We would love to play something from the fans on the show. So just tell us what you think. Tell us if you think we're crazy. Tell us if you think you're right. Don't tell us if we're crazy. We already know we are. Yeah. Because we can blame it. <laughs> oh, that was one minor thing <laughs> I wanted to bring up. Was This is the third episode in this series so far that the episode title has had a double meaning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That means different things. Certain, yeah. 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 We got that. So there was... First was a woman who fell to earth, obviously... You, you, you thought it was the, the doctor. doctor. You kind of find out it's Grace because she literally fell to earth and died. Right. And then you got the next one, which was the Demons of Punjab. Right. You are thinking it's the demons or whatever. I forgot what they were called, honestly, at this point. The... But, the, yeah, whatever. The Jarians. The, the, yeah, the Jarians. There you go. The little assassins. Right. You come to find out it's really about the war between, you know, Hindu... I guess not Pakistan really the war. Pakistan and India. But how they split. And then this one. Right. Yeah, Kablam being the name of the company and also being onomatopoeia for an explosion. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But, moving on, we always do this right at the end of the show. Yeah, it's, oh boy. It's my favorite part. It's this week's classic clip. All my travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil. Against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization. Decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power-mad conspirators, Daleks, Ontarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. Take it easy, Doc. 
Doctor, these unseemly outbursts... Unseemly outbursts? If I hadn't visited Ravelox as I then thought of it, the High Council would have kept this outrage carefully buried as presumably they have for several centuries. I must agree. You have an endearing habit of blundering into these things, Doctor, and the High Council took full advantage of your blunder. Explain that. They made a deal with the Valyard, or as I've always known him, the Doctor, to adjust the evidence. In return for which, he was promised the remainder of the Doctor's regeneration. This is clear. Just a minute! Did you call him... the Doctor? Some evil in all of us, Doctor, even you. The Valyard is an amalgamation of the darker sides of your nature, somewhere between your twelfth and final incarnation. <laughs> and I may say you do not improve with age. Madam, this revelation should halt this trial immediately. Surely even Gallifreyan law must acknowledge that the same person cannot be both prosecutor and defendant. The single purpose of this trial is to determine the defender's guilt or otherwise on the basis of the evidence that has been presented. Anything else is for the moment irrelevant. What? Doctor! Valyard! Please, come on! Well, we need him! That's bad time! Must be another way out of here. He's gone! The seventh door. Boom! So there it was. Kablam, there it was. That's <laughs> uh, one more time, I promise. I'm done. I swear. Last no, one. No more. No more. So that was the classic clip of the week. Obviously, it was a clip, uh, you know, we just played it for you, obviously. That's Colin Baker in the series arc of Trial of the Time Lord. Mm -hmm. So before I kind of go into the details I think you told it, me a little bit about that, but not a, not a whole lot. It was cool to see. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, as, you, as the big revelation there was of the Valyard, and that was the back you, in that future time. version of the doctor right that's the evil side right and the, the, the word the master uses in that was uh amalgamation, amalgamation. Yeah. so it could make you think like it's not actually a regeneration like maybe it's just like a fusion of things something uh, happens the, it so, was interesting one i i like that clip one because it, it colin baker gets a bad rap like a really bad rap for you know he's always like the bottom of the list for the the list of the best worst to best in terms of doctors gotcha. always the the one but he, watching that clip he gives a really strong performance that was good yeah uh, he's wearing a ridiculous outfit ridiculous but, it's like it's it's a quilt that your grandmother made right he he should have been a much darker character or like at least visually but anyway that's besides the point he gives a strong performance and that was like a big revelation back then. There's so much fan fiction on the Valyard. Well, I mean, there, so my thing is, you know, the master says it's takes place between your 12th and your final generation. Well, everyone's like, Oh, that it takes place between, you know, the 12th and Jody or whatever. But really, I mean, Capaldi was past, well, the, tw no, the twelfth, well, his the final regeneration, because Matt Smith could have should have technically been the final regeneration. Well, no, the twelfth regeneration was the regeneration from Matt Smith was David Tennant to Matt Smith. Yeah, Matt Smith was supposed to be the last one. Right. So technically, now the Valyard could show up anywhere between Matt Smith mm -hmm. and whenever the show ends. 
So do you think we'll see? I would like to hope so because I said it back when we saw the final Christmas special for Peter Capaldi that the Valiard is mentioned again. Right. Yeah, they said it. The, the doctor's gone by many names. I am putting it on record right now. I said it years ago, and it took it however many years to happen. But when I said that that screwdriver for River Song and the Silence of the Library would come back again, because they're not going to leave that plot hole open, and it finally did, I am calling it right now that we see the Balliard somehow, somewhen, somewhere, some way. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Sean has an official prediction that the Valyard will show up sometime from now to infinity. If, if, it, if it happens, Tyler has to get a Doctor Who tattoo. Um, I didn't agree to that, but all right. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> That's going to do it for this week's episode of GBS. I'm your host, Jace. And I'm Kablam. I mean, Sean. You had to do one more. No, I didn't have to do one more. Uh, anyway, we are hopping in our TARDISes, and we will catch you next week.